Okay, well, don't be surprised. One of these shows, I am sitting out in the driveway, and I have a ramen. And you're and eating I your film, noodles? Yeah. And yeah. I film live from the driveway. <laughs> I like it that. It is possible. Don't laugh. <laughs> Marty, I've learned with you everything's possible. Okay, so everybody, good afternoon from New Jersey, in my case. Um, welcome to It May Interest You to Know. My name is Tony Marcolini. I'm an attorney and a professor here. Um, and John Hartman is joining me as my co-host, who's also a noted criminal attorney and author. And I have uh, Martin Mangello, a former White House chef, executive chef at Camp David, and just all around noted historian and, and good guy. So today, in our quest to cover things that just interest us, and we hope interest you, uh, we want to talk about a case that literally was decided, I mean, the ink is still wet on the paperwork, just decided by the United States Supreme Court, uh, Van Buren versus the United States. Uh, and let's get into a little bit, uh, for those of you who are not familiar with the case, uh, let me talk about just, I guess, a background. So it happens in Georgia, and there's a police officer uh, who he, I guess you could say, needs money. Uh, he wants some kind of a loan, and and they have a local, can I say, uh, well-known criminal? <laughs> I don't know if that's if that's the right right way to describe him. But it's, uh, so Alba, he's he's a pretty well-known criminal. I mean, the police department. Uh, tells the police officers to stay away from him for the most part. However, this officer befriends him and ultimately goes to him for some money. And the the Alba believes that he's being blackmailed, if you will, by this officer who befriends him. So he goes to the authorities uh, who they set up like an FBI sting to determine whether or not uh, that is what is happening. Uh, first, Alba goes back and uh, asks Van Buren, asks the officer uh, for, um, you know, for a, 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 a drug deal, I want to say, to be involved in a drug Ooh. deal, look the other way. And, and the officer does turn him down. Uh, and then he goes back and he says, all right, well, can you just get me some information on this girl? And... He a runs, stripper, allegedly. A stripper, right. And he, and he runs her plate uh, for uh, Alba and gives him the information, texts him what he knows or what he has by accessing the computer system for the police department to gain information about the woman. Who's so, an undercover cop. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. Who's an undercover cop. a police officer. Right. <laughs> So at the end of the day, I, the police wind up arresting him based upon just, uh, you know, him engaging in that way. I mean, he because then he took money uh, and it wasn't even a lot of money. I want to say it was six thousand. Yeah, six thousand dollars. So he takes the you know, he gets money from the uh, Alba and he gives him the information. He accesses the computer database for the uh, for the police department and he gives him the information. So, of course, with the sting, they arrest him. And the interesting part, I mean, he winds up appealing the conviction. Uh, but the interesting part comes in is what happens when you have access to information by virtue of your job that may be confidential or sensitive 
uh, and you use it for purposes that are not related to your work. So yeah, if you're going to look up a possible suspect, if you're uh, in the middle of an investigation, sure, that's what the that's what the database is there for. But can you use it to like run your daughter's potential boyfriend? <laughs> you know, like oh, well, this guy wants to date my daughter, so let me run run his information and get access to it. Uh, are you uh, are you able to do that to to use information, computer databases and the like that are you're lawfully? I mean, you're not hacking. I mean, you're lawfully in that position. Uh, but right. can, can you do that for unlawful purposes, for purposes beyond which the employer intended it? And I would think mm. it's, it would be no different than if you ran a bank, I mean, or worked in a bank, rather, and, and somebody came into your path who you, uh, you're in the middle of a divorce, uh, and your, your, uh, your husband or your wife's divorce attorney happens to bank at your bank. Uh, you know, or their 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 new significant other banks at your bank. Can you access to see uh, to right. see what's it look? I mean, even though it, you have access to it lawfully, um, this is sounding very familiar to um, an incident on board a submarine with an admiral yelling at the top of his lungs, who had a top secret clearance. And I used to tell people all the time, you can have a top secret. There's many levels of top secret. I had a Yankee White. Um, the highest top secret you can have, but it doesn't mean you get to go in the radio room if they're doing something right now. They'll ask you at the door, what's your need to know? Explain your need to know. You have the clearance, okay, but what is your need to know? Because we've got some stuff out right now, you know. And, you know, um, you can can raise your voice all you want. You open this door right now, boy and then try to intimidate and emasculate people. But if you don't have the need to know, the little pissant who's an E5 petty officer can deny the admiral from coming in because you cannot prove your need to know the information. So even though you're cleared to access it and, and look at that level of information, you cannot prove your need to know. What is your need to know to come in here and, and see this information? And sometimes it infuriates senior leaders Tony, even at the nuclear level. Sure. But I mean, in this instance, the court had to look at, I think, in a, this in a more day to day way. All right. And not everybody is going to be dealing with secrets of national security, but you certainly may be dealing with uh, information that's relevant to your friends or your family, but has nothing at all to do with your job. Uh, Probably tempting. It's very tempting, right? John, if somebody, somebody comes to date your daughter, I mean... Yeah, you want to run that background check. <laughs> are you going to access that information and run it Absolutely, to find out? Absolutely, yeah. And is that a criminal violation? And that's what really the court had to deal with. If, you, if, you, if you're accessing information that's lawfully in your possession, but it's not for the purposes of the job or why they're allowing you access, is that a crime? And that's exactly what the Supreme Court dealt with. And it's wow. not. And it's not right at the end. The end result, nobody knew uh, in the beginning. You know, nobody knew how they were going to fall on this. It was a really big decision. At the end of the day, and I mean, surprisingly, so I think Justice Barrett actually wrote the opinion, um, and and fell on the side of this is not a crime. Yeah, that's kind of a stretch. I mean, a crime. You know, I think wouldn't that have to show like 
intent and how they used it and all that to become a crime? You guys know better than I do. Well, it's, it's the way under the statute. If it was, if it's a close call, you got to give the defense the benefit of the doubt. It's very old. It's called the rule of lenity, and it's it's um, it's a very old tenet. And it goes back to I think the, the English. And if it's a close call, you got to give the benefit to to the defense, and that's kind of what they relied upon. It wasn't clear they the guy right. had good access. So I mean, it, it wasn't like he was going to get off scot free. He's still going to lose his job and all. He's still facing sure it. abuse of access yeah. could get you in trouble, but yeah, like bribery and bribery. I mean, you know, it just under the federal statute, he wasn't guilty. Sure. But, and, again, it make it, make, it makes it actually does make a lot of sense. Sure. Well, I mean, there are a lot of people probably listening right now, John, that think that that, you know, that is that feels like some sort of a violation. Um, But a crime is something, you know, making it a crime. That's a very high bar. That's what I was thinking. And I'm just guilty of other stuff. He was guilty of official misconduct. He was from taking. But as for in terms of looking up on the computer, he's not guilty of that. And they really were looking right. at that particular act that that hadn't been tested uh, for the that's most part. That's all they were part. looking at. Yeah, that's all they were looking at. Uh, and what what happened with that? Did it was it appealed? And initially it was voted one way, but then it was overturned. Can can you guys uh, fill us in for the average people out here how that went? I'm not sure how it went. I think the appellate division upheld it, but it was overturned by the Supreme Court. I think that's what happened. That is what happened. And then this was just argued like what this month, June third or something. I think June third, the opinion came out. I think it was argued uh, along a while, uh, you know, a bit ago. There's usually a delay yeah. between the actual argument and when the opinion comes out. Uh, but to me, that I mean, everyone was waiting on that opinion because that impacts everybody uh, in in any job that has access to a computer and any level of sensitive information. I mean, right. law offices, right? We access information all the time. Uh, you know, is that illegal to access it for a purpose that's not related to our case? Uh, and that's true, again, for banks, uh, for police officers. And, and I mean, I think we've all known uh, police officers who've run uh, somebody's plate or run something just for uh, their well, own. I think, it, I think it used to be rampant. See, you see a pretty girl driving, you run up and look up her life. I mean, there was actually years ago, the uh, the New Jersey Attorney General had a, an attorney general who was just focused on state troopers asking girls out who were like, see, driving. Really? I, I didn't so, know that. Yeah. yeah. Not a lot of people do, but they did. They had someone. And that's no longer the case. But yes, it was. it's notorious. It was notorious. And what mm. happened with that? I don't know how it turned out. Again, this was a long time. This is like 20 some years ago I heard about it over but and, I'm not surprised. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of abuse going on. Sure. And, and I think it's also important. I had at least one comment uh, just come in about Martin Van Buren, but we're talking about a police sergeant today from Georgia named Nathan Van Buren. So I know some people see the presidential thing sometimes, but this is not about a president. This is a, a sergeant. Uh, his last name is Van Buren. So. Right. And then it's because it's now a landmark case. I think I was surprised. I mean, was anybody else surprised besides me at the ruling? I, I th- no, I, not really. But again, it's the, they don't want to expand on the criminal convictions. They really don't want to. It has to be clearly in the statute that you're guilty. And it, it wasn't that clear. So you have to give the benefit of the doubt to the defense. 
So, John, you were established. John, you were expecting that then. I mean, I wasn't holding bated breath, but yes, I'm not surprised by the ruling. It yeah, was I, two, I think the decision seven two. Yeah, it was a majority. Was a, it was a clear majority. Clear majority. Yeah, it was. I wasn't super surprised. I mean, that sounds pretty harsh to turn that into a crime because at that point you're, you know, you're going to be put away or run the risk of uh, getting probation or, or something. I mean, that's pretty harsh. That is the, the, the sense was by Alito, and Alito actually grew up in Mercer County, where I'm from. I grew up in Hamilton, New Jersey, and sure. like a decade ago, his uh, I had a, a client who was a roofer. He had speeding ticket or something. He was calling me. I was like, yeah, it's funny. I was this guy calls me from Washington. He says, hey, you know, I got to get put a roof on mom's house. You know, he said, yeah, I was talking to him. It was really nice. Like, put the roof on his mom's house, and he he said, yeah, I'm from New Jersey, but I really I live in Washington. I don't come up that often. And it turned out to be Alito. Who's no. quite understand, a very nice guy on a on a personal level is a very decent guy. Well, that's well, pretty I, cool. I watched many many people put roofs and additions on the Jersey Shore on houses, and they would all meet at one in the morning with uh, socks uh, over the hammer with the rubber band around it, and you get twenty to forty men out there to put an addition on between one in the morning and four in the morning, and this was the the old Italian way of avoiding zoning, and and people would. Oh, Where'd that cupola? Did you have that up there all the time? Oh, yeah, it's been up there for 40 years. You never noticed the cupola? <laughs> no, I mean, it looks like, I swear, that was not there yesterday, uh, Amanti. No, 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 it was that's been there. You, you are blind. It's like, okay. My grandfather used to, <laughs> he used to have a little conversation with me about permits. Cupola. <laughs> so Very funny. And never once was it a Supreme Court justice, though, I'll bet. <laughs> Uh, so, yes, um, I was just reading uh, from the Supreme Court. It said, although Van Buren used his own valid credentials to perform the search, his conduct violated a department policy against obtaining database information for non-law enforcement purposes. Yes, I think that's that's pretty surprising. Uh, but like, you know, like has been said, that that probably has been going on a long time. John said, you know, people looking up others and snooping all in through their information. Wow. The Roman centurions, I'm sure, were going through skull scrolls doing it. <laughs> yeah. Like... Wow. I don't know. Yeah. Scrolls. No, absolutely. It's, it's impossible that you get access to this information. It's impossible not not to want to reveal it. Years ago, so, though, things traveled by word of mouth. Right? Think about exactly. what the computer brought to the world, the ability to get information so quick, to transmit oh, yeah. information. Years ago, I mean, if you wanted to get news to Texas, you know, somebody took off on a horse. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and even a lot of, you know, a lot it took of a lot of time to tell everyone that slavery was over. Oh, yeah. Right. It took a really long time for that to travel. Yeah. But the police are notorious. I mean, the um, it's funny. The state police do, do the background checks in New Jersey for everyone. If you want to judge or whatever. And, and they have all this information on on. Um, on all the politicians. No one really wants to mess with them. And just to give you a case of point, we had a governor here, Christine Todd Whitman, who was trying to mess with the police pension. All of a sudden, a picture was leaked by the state police showing her um, uh, assisting in an arrest of an African-American kid. So it's like, I mean, the police are notorious for doing things like that. I don't yeah. know how rampant it is, but it's definitely, it's an issue that they have access to this information. And some people use that they're not supposed to use it. Yeah.
Yeah, it sounds like Grover Cleveland, when he was running, uh, they, of course, accused him of fathering a child out of wedlock. And he made a bunch of comments and said, you know, I was actually had consensual sex with that young lady. We went out to dinner and back to my apartment. And so, you know, thank you. I, I believe, uh, you know, there are actually married men, many married men in Buffalo who have uh, uh, done things around here. You know, I was the sheriff of Erie County in addition to being the mayor of Buffalo. And a lot of men pulled him aside and said, you need to shut your mouth like right now, man. You can't use that information, police information, to to intimidate people in the election here. Um, so it's getting kind of scary. Uh, when, we, when we come back from this commercial break, I was going to ask, like, where do you guys think this will now go forward into into private business or corporations? Because, Tony, you, you mentioned that. Um, obviously, this was, like, really easy to digest because it was a law enforcement officer. But when we come back, I was going to suggest maybe we talk about that. Sounds good. Does that, all right. Okay, guys, we'll be right back. We're going to delve into how this uh, case may actually affect private business. Well, Tony, uh, coming back to you and bringing John back on again now uh, about how like this might be used. You guys are experts at this uh, where people cite previous case law and judgments um what do you think is coming down the pike what kind of case would we we see next where somebody would cite this judgment i think the concern i mean i agree with something john said earlier i mean there would still be consequences i think within your employment even in the private sector if you engaged in this type of uh, breach of protocol Mm -hmm. so i i don't think it went it goes without consequence I think the criminality is really where this case is falling, and and I, I can foresee uh, it being an issue to a certain extent uh, if for people who come into access with uh, corporate uh, information, uh, banking information, and the like, uh, and letting the tax information and using that for their own purposes. Uh, certainly, mm-hmm. there's all sorts of mechanisms wherein having that kind of data would be useful to you. Uh, and I can see it being used as somewhat of a license uh, to use the information as you see fit. But I also think that what John said is very important. I mean, it's not without consequences. I mean, it gives the sense, you know, when you first read the opinion, it gives the sense that they're saying, all right, like while it was a bad idea, it's not criminal. I mean, because he didn't, he didn't hack, you know, he actually had, you know, looked at something he maybe wasn't supposed to look at, uh, wasn't for a job related reason. So therefore there's no criminality here. Uh, but and right. I think I think that gives the false sense of license to people reading it that that means they can just, you know, turn around and do whatever they want with data, that, that even if they're going to misuse or abuse it, which is, is is not the case. And it's not what the opinion's trying to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think. John, what do you think? Well, I think with Van Buren, the, the issue with Van Buren and why it got to the Supreme Court is there's another criminal aspect, which is the bribery, the official misconduct. I mean, you're, you're, most of these cases are probably guys Tony's a, a lieutenant whose daughter is dating some guy, which is questionable, and like looking up, or a neighbor moves in doing it back, and they've got young kids, and they want to do a background check to make sure they're not weird um, or have a criminal record. That's and and again, the issue if you do something like that, are you going to lose? 
it's non-criminal, but again, the, the, the police department's got a, a policy against that. Should a guy lose his job if he does it once and he has a momentarily weakness, he's worried about his neighbor? You know, probably not, but there might be some ramifications. He might have his pay dock. He might be forced to leave for a little while. There might be a, a, a red mark on his uh, on his full on his file. But the issue, reason why, and that's usually probably what happens in almost all these cases. You're given a slap on the wrist and told not to do it again. The reason why this got that far is because this involved a crime. This involved bribery. So it's not going to be a carte blanche to uh, the cops and go look, you know, look stuff up on people. You still can't do it. There's still policy against it. And there's ramifications with your job if you were to continue to if you were to do that and get caught. And it's very easy to catch people on things like this. Very easy. Mm-hmm. What about what the will price? make it a, a criminal act? What what nothing do you will see? make it a criminal act. But if I give say I go to my police officer, say my neighbor moved in, uh, here's a thousand bucks. Please look it up. As opposed to can you just please look it up. They're okay. giving a thousand dollars to the guy or something. Uh, who knows? Uh, even like I'm a barber right. and I give you a free haircut. That's technically going to be criminal. Yeah, but no, because this information was essentially for sale, and that didn't change anything, really. Yeah, well, again, if, if there's money involved, and I think that's pretty rare, I, I do, but you never, obviously, they give money, to, so that's, that's, that's official, in New Jersey, it's official misconduct, you're facing, not going to lose your job, you're facing uh, a couple years in jail, it's serious. Mm. What about the private sector, John? I mean, if if I give money to somebody who uh, works at the local bank because I want them to check out somebody's account for me. Um, yeah. Well, there's no official misconduct then. But again, that person right. might lose their job. They might lose their job. They might. They might lose their job, but there wouldn't be any other kind of penalty for that. According no. to this, no. if you're accessing the computer lawfully because it's at your desk and you're allowed to, there's no Correct. criminality for that. And I thought to so, myself when I first read it, how does that, I thought the same thing you were saying before, Marty, how does that impact the private sector? Well, I, I was thinking it might become a criminal act if it violates maybe a federal law like FERPA or, or if you violate HIPAA. Is there any possibility somebody abusing that could, could face a criminal offense? So they, they didn't receive any money, but they violated FERPA or HIPAA or Sarbanes-Oxley or Dodd-Frank in accessing... Uh, just the accessing, no. I don't think so. And I okay. think that's what the opinion is more or less saying. You know, in the, the accessing data that's lawfully in your possession, even for what may be unlawful purposes, is not uh, is definitely not a crime. And in this case, yeah. they didn't even draw the because that's where I think I thought it was falling. I thought they were going to draw the line at the money. Like I think it, I thought they were going to say, well, look, had he just like run the license plate as a favor for a friend, we don't see the criminality. But I thought maybe they were going to draw the line and saying since money changed hands for it, he more right. or less got paid to do to, to access it. Uh, that maybe that would be the bright line. Uh, test but for again, it. you still can't. And neutrally, give an example of New Jersey, that's why I know. If, if I were to, I need a background check on someone, and I gave a police officer a thousand bucks, and we get caught for accessing information, he's, he's not only going to lose his job, he's going to get indicted, and he could very well go to jail. Right, for a totally different reason, having nothing to do yes. with the Computer Act. Correct. Yeah. Right. We have some small acts here in North Carolina that are criminal acts, they're like a Class three misdemeanor. You know, like defrauding an innkeeper, which would be not paying your bill either for food or lodging. Um, it'd be interesting to see if somebody messed around on the computer to access that information. 
and then tried to hide behind Van Buren, but but actually engaged in the criminal act of defrauding an innkeeper, um, you know, then they might could get him. They might could get him. But he's saying that doesn't apply. It's more of a theft. It'd be a theft charge. Yes. Yes. So they might have to tell him at that point, like this case for Van Buren does not apply because you actually stole you know, money, and that's a violation of state law. Like, yeah, but that would be, again, it's under the state statute, North Carolina, and I wouldn't be uh, federal. Wouldn't be federal. Can you think of a federal instance like like that that has any kind of criminality? I can't. I really don't do federal work, so I really can't. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I can't think of one. I'm sure there's one out there. It'll be interesting to see going forward. I'm sure we'll get comments yeah. of people on this <laughs> to tell us. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they'll comment online, that's for sure. Well, we're coming up on 29 uh, minutes and 10 seconds. Uh, any parting uh, notes? I know the next episode is about Ronald Reagan, so I'll just throw yeah. that out there for folks. You know, to John's giant portrait. Yeah, that my grandmother had, had that painted for me. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. As, as an yeah. ode, and, and that's where the whole idea ultimately came up to showcase John's giant, giant portrait. Yeah, well, I, appear I, Zoom, I appear in Zoom with Court now, and I get comments on that all the time, Reagan. It's 90% oh, positive. And Marty, no, I, I, I mean, your episode on it is is awfully good. I'm, I'm looking forward to talking about it. Very yeah, looking forward well, to it. It'll be fun if you've never met the president nude um, in the White House, then it'll definitely be interesting. <laughs> but for my buddy Skip Allen, the butler, it was like his first day, and he was like, honestly, uh, I am the fun meter is pegged out at a 10. <laughs> well, thanks, guys, so much. Uh, Thank you. We'll talk to everybody again. Bye. All Ciao. Right. Bye, bye.